0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is 10,000 days of retirement with me today I have Kelsey Banky. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi, Mary. This is kind of a mind-blowing topic when you think about it. You might spend 10,000 days in retirement. That's
1: a lot of days. That's a big number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Certainly is a good reason to plan for it. Yes. Well,
1: I mean, think about it. That's a lot of time and, and it's a time where you might not be bringing in as much money or no money, you know, no income at all. And so it's figuring out, What do you have to do before that to get to be able to live 10,000 days without, you know, working in in your career? And, you know, once you get there, then how do you live within that that different uh, time period over those 10,000 days? Because there's definitely different... um, different times, which we'll go into. We're calling them
0: the four phases of retirement. Right. So if if some of you out there are already doing the math, trying to figure out how many years 10,000 days is, so I'm going to tell you it's roughly 27 years. And so if you retired when you're 65 and you live until you're 92, which is very, very, very possible and happens all the time. And that's roughly 10,000 days of retirement. (laughs) Yes. An achievable thing, an achievable number, which needs a plan. It needs a plan, yeah. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the four phases of retirement. Let me kind of outline them for you, and then we're going to dive deeper into each of these phases. So the first phase is what we call the honeymoon phase. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. The second phase is something we refer to as the settled phase. Then we move into the third phase, which is called the navigating longevity phase. And then the last phase, unfortunately, is called the solo journey phase. And that happens for most people at some time in their life. Or I should say many people. So the four phases. So we're going to start with the honeymoon phase, which really is, I think, a lot of fun for a lot of people.
1: Oh, yes. I love talking to people right before they're getting ready to retire. I, I use this phrase a lot. Um, the honeymoon phase, um, because right when you, you know, that first day when you pull the trigger and it's the first day you don't have to go to work. Um, it's a big deal (laughs) and it's exciting. And, um, a lot of people want to do a lot of things because they've been working their whole lives probably. And now they have this freedom of their time to do something else. And hopefully you've given thought to that before you get there. Um, but basically I, I see it many times go from like 12 to 18 months, maybe longer, maybe shorter, just depending on the person, but you're doing all these things around the house that you've put off. You're doing all these extra vacations that you've put off and you want to do You're visiting family. You're maybe working on the home a little bit more. You're doing a lot more of your, your hobbies, you're golfing, doing coffees with friends and things like that. And there's all this exciting stuff. But you're doing it at a pace that is much more frequent than a it would be. Sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the early part. And so I, I usually caution people, I warn them, I say, Okay, you're gonna do this but I said it takes a little while for you to really get to the point where you're in your routine of retirement so um and and also understanding exactly what your income need is because you do a lot of projections and we help you plan with with some ideas of what it's going to look like but until you're really in it and you're in the thick of it and you're living it day to day we're not going to be as dialed in as we could be once we are there
0: now, the honeymoon phase can look different for different people. For for some people, it might be slow, like a slow transition into it where you're working less. Or for some people, it might be more of a clean break um, where you're just done working completely at a certain point in time. But here's the thing that people are really exploring in that honeymoon phase. You're trying to figure out how to live a rich and satisfying life. I mean, that's really what you want your retirement to be. And you have to be thinking about how are you going to thrive? How are you going to thrive emotionally, physically, and financially? So we've talked in the past about how retirement planning is really like a three-legged stool. And the three legs of the stool are emotional readiness, health-related issues, and then the financial factors. And in the honeymoon phase is when all of these things are kind of starting to come together all at once and you have to be figuring these things out. But a lot of what people spend time contemplating about during that honeymoon phase are figuring out what the costs to live in retirement are going to be, making sure their budget is solid Um, thinking about and exploring good areas where they might want to live in the future so sometimes you see farm families move to town sometimes you see people move down south somewhere warmer, sometimes you see people arrange for wintering in a different area or something like that but figuring out where you want to live at least now Is part of the honeymoon phase. Um, Recommendations on how to get around. Like if you're not driving anymore or you know that's not going to be something you can do in the future, how are you going to arrange for transportation? And then I think that probably one of the most complex parts about it is managing your health care.
1: Yes. For many people, they're shifting away from their employer-sponsored plan and they're moving into the Medicare um, type of, of healthcare plan. And that's ah, a whole new ballgame <laughs> <Right. laughs> if yeah. you've not been there. Um, and there's lots of pieces that need to come together in different times that you enroll. So it's, it's understanding, you now what does that look like? What do I pay? How do I go to the doctor? How do I make claims? All of that, you're, you're figuring that all
0: out at that time that you're retiring. One of the other things that people often do too is that they are determining whether or not part-time work or volunteer opportunities are going to factor into this, this next chapter of their lives. And we did some research and came up with some interesting things that are found to have been some of the best part-time jobs for retirees. So I think these are interesting. Number one is being an adjunct professor. So part-time, teaching a class here or there, oftentimes things are done online. Mm-hmm. And so from the comfort of your own couch, you can actually teach college courses. Which that's is
1: kind of cool. It is cool and crazy all at the same time that that's how we can get our education nowadays. But, you know, it it's real. And if you have a, a really great wealth of knowledge in a particular area, explore that. You know, the mm-hmm. the college landscape, I think, is going to change drastically in the next couple of years. And they're going to be looking for more and more people to teach in a, a, different, a different pattern, it's a different style. way.
0: Yeah. Another thing if you have that kind of unique expertise that you had built your career on is that project-based consulting is often a big hit for part-time work in retirement. So it doesn't mean that you have to be there eight hours a day, but it means that you have to be there and work on the scope of a specific project, which is really kind of a great avenue for people to make some money and still contribute in their area of expertise.
1: If you're really good with numbers, if you were an accountant or a bookkeeper, or an auditor or something like that in your previous uh, career, you know, doing things like that on a, a small scale is, is a great way for you to earn some extra cash to still scratch that itch if that was something you really yep. enjoyed, but also not commit you to a full-time career.
0: Another thing that is a great type of work that a retiree can do is being a patient advocate. So once you've figured out the healthcare ins and outs, helping other people walk through that journey and helping them advocate for themselves that they're having a health crisis is a, a beautiful thing that you can give and often make some part-time income doing as well.
1: Yes, and then I I encourage you also just explore what you like to do. You know, there are constantly people looking to hire people to do things that they can't do themselves. If you like to work with animals, maybe you'd be a dog setter, a dog walker, cat setter, or something like that. If you like working with kids, there's many, many opportunities within the school systems to get to volunteer or to work part time with kids. Um, if you like plants, you know, working at a greenhouse during their busy seasons and things like that, um, the sky's the limits on, on all of this. And one that a lot of people don't realize is that you can get paid pretty good money to drive for certain businesses. Mm-hmm. So driving to pick things up or driving to deliver things or, or lots of different things that can play into that, but maybe be a good way for you to see the country and, and get paid to do it. <laughs>
0: Alright, so this honeymoon phase that we've been talking is all about the exciting piece of having more free time to do some of the things that you love, attacking that initial project list or your honey-do list, and really exploring what retirement is going to look like for you. Then you move into the next phase, and that's what we call the settled phase. And the settled phase is, you know, after that honeymoon phase is done, and you've kind of settled into what normal day-to-day retirement is probably going to look like for you okay yeah this would be
1: between the exciting part at the beginning and before your your health maybe starts forcing you to slow down this would be that period of time where the things that you thought about that you'd be doing in retirement this is when you're doing them and right. and with you know some some regularity and some consistency so not maybe vacationing every single day unless you saved a lot of money and that makes sense but um getting into your groove of of what retirement's really going to look like for you
0: so by this point you would have kind of figured out your cash flow you understand what bills are coming in and out in retirement that might be different than before you retired you, you're used to the income streams that you've set up for yourself and things like that. You kind of have developed some patterns of how you're spending your time. And that settled in phase is really kind of the core component for a lot of people in retirement. And, and they really grow to love this phase. In fact, I hear from a lot of people, I don't know how I had time to work. <laughs>
1: You fill your time with with things around you, and it's it's what people look forward to retirement for. But there are still some things that you need to be doing and some decisions you need to be making. Um, And and part of that is, does it make sense to stay in the the living situation that you're in, or
0: would it make more sense to shift and do something different there? Right. You know, the housing decisions that happen during retirement really happen, I think, twice. So you have your initial housing decisions of what you're gonna live in once you retire. It might be the same house you've been in or you might make a move. But down the road, you're also going to have another decision that's gonna come in more like the third or fourth phase of retirement. But so you gotta kind of be prepared mentally to be making probably two different housing decisions at some point during your retirement.
1: Mm -hmm. Many people will stay in their current home but will um, plan to make adjustments to it. Other people have decided many years ago, oh, I wanna go south. Or in the course of that honeymoon phase, they figured out there's somewhere else I want to live. I just didn't realize it because I never had the time to explore it. Um, So that can definitely play into the settled phase.
0: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk. And we're talking about the 10,000 days that people frequently spend in retirement. We've covered the honeymoon phase and the settled phase. And now we're going to move into something called the navigating longevity phase. I do just want to share that while we were on our break, somebody just asked me, well, when's the napping phase? (laughs) (laughs) We've decided it can be in all four of them. Yes. (laughs) Whenever you'd like. That's the whole point of retirement, right? (laughs) Exactly. You may have multiple napping phases a day, should you desire. (laughs) My my dad in his retirement is kind of funny. So he gets up and he has his coffee and then he has breakfast and then he has what he calls first nap and then he has lunch and then he has second nap and then he has first dinner. And a little bit later, he has second dinner. <laughs> so I don't know where this pattern came from, but he's very settled into that pattern. <laughs> all right. Whatever floats about. boat. There you go. All right, navigating longevity. Navigating longevity phase is all about considering the fact that you might just live a long darn time, and 10,000 days is a lot of days of living. And so making sure that your health is, your mobility and your cognitive abilities, dealing with the changes in those as you age is part of navigating your longevity. So as you go along with life, your needs in some areas will be greater and your resources might be getting smaller to deal with these.
1: Yep, so working working with a number of professionals can help with this, but also taking steps early to, to prepare for the changes that, that are likely to come in your life will help ease you into that uh, longevity phase instead of having it just smack you in the face when you're not really ready for it.
0: Right. So during the navigating longevity phase, if you are married, oftentimes one of you becomes a caregiver. Um, and, and the sad truth of that is is that people age at different rates and at different times and people have chronic illness issues or you know surprising illness issues that crop up and you may find yourself in the role of caregiver. And during this phase while you're actively caregiving, you really do need to have some focus on taking care of yourself and maintaining your own health or it can be very wearing on you. Yes, um, and there are lots of different services out there that, um, if your budget can allow
1: for it, would be well worth your money. Um, people that can come in and, and just give you a break and, and give you some assistance there, or people to take on other parts of your quote unquote home workload, um, so to free you up to do other um, caregiving activities. But it's it's really interesting as I see people. Navigating this in different ways that that there are many different approaches that that you could explore that might fit you better than others but um, Working with professionals definitely can can work
0: on that um, and make that easier for you So aside from caregiving You're probably going to be in a phase where it's not as easy to do things around the house as it once was and figuring out New strategies of how you're going to take care of things around the house is going to become important in this phase So things like house cleaning maintaining your lawn Mm -hmm. snow shoveling
1: yeah might be time to get a riding lawn mower instead of a push lawn (laughs) mower or like in my grandma's case she got a vacuum that was way lighter for her so she could continue doing that because she i don't know if she liked cleaning but she cleaned with a lot of frequency um and so getting something that she could more easily um, move around the house was just a really simple small thing that could be done um but that would help her stay independent longer
0: Yep. And anything that you can do that can be considered any level of exercise, if you can hold on to it as long as you can, that's good. But at some point in time you might not be able to do it. Like people frequently get their groceries delivered now, but sometimes people in this navigating longevity phase really utilize a trip to the grocery store like as an opportunity to be taking a walk around. Mm -hmm. You know, they're walking through the grocery store, they're getting in their steps and it's almost like a exercise session as much as it is just gathering the groceries yeah and
1: explore your options um what a lot of people don't realize is there are physical um, classes that help with your physical abilities but there are also this this big wave of classes helping with your mental uh, cognitive ability Um, which is really interesting and a lot of nursing homes have them and other uh, community programs have them where you go and you you play games and you do some brain teasers with your your group which is also a social uh, option for Mm -hmm. you as well but it helps you know there there are studies that show that doing classes and things like that help delay um, some cognitive impairments that you might be fearing coming in the future
0: Now, this is the time period, too, that you're probably going to be faced with the second housing decision. Do you need to downsize? Do you need to move in a home that's a single floor because stairs aren't going to be as easy to navigate anymore? is assisted living in your future or is moving into a retirement community where you could easily transition through assisted living to potential nursing home care or memory care, something that might be important for you or for your spouse. So these are the housing decisions that get made at this point in time, and they aren't always the most fun to make.
1: But they could be fun, because I just heard the other day that Jimmy Buffett is opening up Margaritaville nursing homes, which that concept... (laughs) sounds amazing to me, but you know, the, the fun thing is, is that, um,
0: they're all going to be locked looking for their lost salt shakers.
1: I know. And it's always five o'clock, right? So, but uh, I guess what I'm bringing up with that is that the, if you're fearing that decision, look at your options because the options surrounding, um, you know, late life care, or long-term care and things like that are really changing. And it's not the same old scary nursing home places that it used to be, you know, the places that a lot of us fear, it's not like that anymore. And so be open to looking at options because you might find that it makes that
0: longevity phase and the end of life much more enjoyable for you and, and less stressful. One of the really important things to make sure you have kind of wrapped up and tidied up at this phase is your legal documents and your estate planning, making sure you have your wills in place and your powers of attorney for both health care and financial power of attorney. Those are really important documents to make sure you have done at this stage so that if you move into a, a space where you're no longer really able to easily care for yourself, that you have those things in place to help you. All right. Now we're going to move into the last phase, which is what we call the solo journey phase. And you know, health and physical issues can abruptly come to the forefront as people age. And the loss of a spouse often happens for people when they're in their late retirement. It's it's a very sad, very tragic time, but the truth of it is that this happens very frequently. And this is something that as the solo journey phase is is important for you to be planning ahead for at some point in time and then learning to adapt to if that happens to you. The, the other truth about this, which is interesting, is that the solo journey phase is much more frequently taken by women than men because women live an average of 2.4 years longer than men. And so... On average, we're going to have women who are in charge of these things at the end of life, handling their finances that they might not have ever dealt with before at the end of life, having to make a lot of decisions that they haven't had to make before, and, and dealing with this solo journey phase. So when you're moving into this phase and you have you have lost someone that you may have lived with for some, some time There are a lot of different services out there that are available to help you transition into this phase. And so some of the tips for living alone are making sure that you still maintain your social aspects of your life. So continuing to host activities at your home, continuing to participate in card groups or social activities or groups with friends or book clubs or things like that are really important to continue with when you're in this solo phase of life.
1: It might even pick up. Uh, You know, Uh I, I... I watched my grandparents go through this several years ago and my grandpa- my grandfather had some, some health issues that made him pretty much homebound um, there. And then my, my grandmother, they were married 60 years. She didn't know what it was like to be without him. And so she stayed with him and cared for him and, and it was a wonderful testament to how, how to help your spouse. Um, but after he passed away... Her social calendar just went crazy, and, and she, she misses him and, and grooves for him every day, but life goes on. Every time I call her, she's on her way to something with somebody doing something fun, her. and it's great, but um, it, it is important to do that. The other the next thing is being aware of what's available for delivery and how to continue accessing the things that you need. Grandma was really excited to hear about Amazon Prime and that I could ship something to her in two days. <laughs>
0: have to make a trip out to get it no and and
1: and that that was really important because she she did lose her ability to drive for a, a few months and um that was a really uh trying time to try to understand how to go through that but it's not impossible so um just explore your options obviously bigger cities have more access to a lot of this stuff you can get just about anything delivered nowadays in a city some smaller communities might not have as many options but they do still have options because remember in the honeymoon phase, we're telling people to explore what they're good at. There are people out there that will run errands for other people right. um, for some compensation. So don't don't think that you don't have them. Just ask around. You might be able to find those options.
0: Now, depending on your age when you're in the solo journey phase, you might still be one of those people who is giving of your time to help care for people in need. But you also might be at the stage where you need care yourself. And making sure you understand what care options are available out there for you. And also what equipment might help you during this phase. I was just visiting with um, a woman who is widowed. And she has um, begun to lose some of her eyesight. And so she lives alone and she's struggling with her eyesight. And so her kids got her um, one of the oversized cell phones, but it has Siri on it. And so she can voice activate Siri instead of having to type in or read anything. So she has learned how to utilize Siri in a way to really help her find things, you know, that she needs to connect to or look up phone numbers for her or call people. So instead of her having to search through her phone to find her child's number, she can just say, hey, Siri, please call Roger and then all of a sudden it'll call her son for her. So utilizing some of those technology tips like that are, are great if you're in that solo phase and you're having some health struggles or, or struggles of your own like that.
1: Reminders for medication, things like that, can also go right into technology. So um, just know that there's lots of options and explore what's available to you to make that, that period as, as helpful as possible.
0: So in conclusion, as you go through your 10,000 days of retirement and the four phases that we've outlined, what we hope is that you can understand this information and find some value in it to make your 10,000 days the best 10,000 days possible. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
1: Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.